Best practices. We hear that phrase a lot on the internet, and there's no shortage of advice on the topic, really, in any industry. But have you taken the time to not only study what people say, but actually how they get it done, how they implement those best practices? Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Burnley, covering how your favorite things and people get from point A to B. And for today's episode, we're covering content marketing lessons from YouTuber Mr. Beast. He was recently on an episode of the Joe Rogan Podcast, and it was nearly a three-hour masterclass on content marketing, using your voice to help others, and so many other tidbits of advice for the modern attention economy. I listened to the episode twice, so here are my favorite moments that I think you will all find some value in as well. Hopefully you can take some of these tidbits of knowledge and add them into your content marketing workflow. Topic. I want to talk about the new mainstream media and that's content marketing lessons from Mr. Beast. And sort of a, you know, as part of my career journey, I've transitioned from studying athletes and sports leagues to studying creators. And there are no two, there are probably the two people on the planet that are the hands down the best at content marketing. And that is Joe Rogan and Mr. Beast. And both of them were on the same show last week. And it was a content marketing masterclass and also exhibit A of what the new mainstream media is. And this show wouldn't be a show about the attention economy if we didn't talk about two of the largest creators on the planet and some of the lessons that they talked about during this interview. So, but for before we dive into some of those takeaway lessons, let me give you a first a little bit of a background on who Mr. Beast is and why you should care. Well, he's 23 years old. He's been making YouTube videos since he was 11 years old. He has 220 million subscribers across five of his channels. I believe it's five. It might be four. Um, but do you remember... You might remember the show called Squid Games that was on Netflix. Well, Mr. Beast made a reaction video, sort of a reaction video, recreating what happened during Squid Games. Nobody died, you know, and it was not that intense of the actual real Squid Games. But the recreation that he created from it actually ended up getting more eyeballs on this video than Netflix has subscribers. And it was millions and millions. So 220 million YouTube subscribers. It was slightly more than 200, I think, million views on this Squid Games video. And that is just a massive amount of attention that is going towards one person one creator. And it arguably was his first moment that he stepped over into from just being known as a YouTuber and now stepping into the mainstream audience where other folks are wondering, well, who is this Mr. Beast person and why should I care? And he has essentially redefined what mainstream is. And I'm using mainstream in quotes here because We've sort of grown up with what the idea of a mainstream news outlet is, but he has transitioned into really becoming one of the mainstream voices that's on the internet today. So I believe that we should be learning from creators like this, especially when they openly share this information out on the internet so that that way you might not go and subscribe to Mr. Beast, but you can watch how he actually attacks his YouTube videos, the structure of his YouTube videos, and how he promotes his content to getting out in the world. Because we can all take a little bit of lessons from each of these top creators because 
they're top for a reason. So if we can take a couple of pieces of advice from there, then we should absolutely do it. So let's go ahead and break down some of those top marketing lessons, content marketing lessons from Mr. Beast on Joe Rogan. Let's go ahead and play the first clip on realizing what you can scale. This is probably one of the smartest things we've done um, is uh, we have multiple different teams that we're working on building out. So they rotate videos. So team A will do hypothetically whatever, Antarctica, and then team B isn't on the the Antarctica video and they're working on the next video. And then while I'm filming with team B, team A is working on their video. So they like rotate. So that way, and I'm trying to build out full, fully fledged production teams, creative teams, editing teams, all super independent. So then I can do a video a month and each team's only responsible for one video, which that's plenty of time to like get a video done and you know and you have downtime in between your videos and stuff like that instead of like most youtubers it's just one team and they're trying to have them do it all which just honestly isn't sustainable yeah well it seems like in in your when you're looking at this business that you've built it's so large like there's no way you could just have one team they'd be dead well you'd be surprised that's how everyone else is building theirs and so using that experience from somebody who is used to creating content on a day, almost a daily basis, you recognize pretty quickly that you need to have systems in, in, in place in order for you to help execute on those content ideas on a regular basis. So recognizing what you can scale, things like editing, uh, outsourcing to freelancers for that editing process, writing, um, posting to social media, all of those things are scalable. What you can't scale is Mr. Beast on camera. And so that's a good sort of takeaway for a lot of companies out there that are looking for ways to increase their brand awareness and they're looking for ways to really capitalize on sort of the growing creator movement within the freight industry and recognizing what you can scale and what you can't scale will save you a lot of time and it'll save you a lot of headaches. Also, there was another tip that he talked about and it was batching your content and using calendar blocks. Let's play the content schedule that Mr. Beast follows. Usually... On Mondays, I film for gaming. On Tuesdays, I film for Reacts. And then and then I do World Once for uploading again. Wednesday through Fridays, I film for, on the main channel. And then Saturdays, when I do Beast Burger festivals and like all my side businesses, I take calls. And then I try not to work on Sunday. Perfect example of blocking out your calendar and then also batching your content. Those two things can help any business owner, especially for... I mean, Mr. Beast is a full-time creator. 99% of us out here are not full-time creators making a really good income. And so we have to weave content into our workday, into running our business and doing the million other things that we have to do in our daily and weekly and monthly lives. So knowing that you want to still place an importance on creating content. And the only way that you can do that is by blocking off that time in your calendar devoted to maybe once a week, every Thursday, you're going to spend the first three hours of every Thursday writing down video ideas that you can talk to your audience about. No, uh, Every single week, you are going to spend that same time and that same energy on just that one thing. So then that way, you know, you're not going to take meetings during this time. You're not going to prioritize anything else. You're prioritizing your content. And then you can outsource it to freelancers who can help you with the editing process and with posting to social media and all of the rest of the steps that are in your system. But you're not going to be able to even take advantage of that system unless you actually record and write out the content yourself. So calendar blocking and batching helps a ton. And what I mean by batching, I mean having a few different video ideas. Maybe the first, you know, that three hour example that I just gave you, maybe the first hour you're writing out your scripts of what you actually want to talk about in a five or 10 minute long video. And then the last two hours of that, are you actually filming those videos? Then you can send it off in a package format out to a freelancer. And then you can take advantage of still 
making content and prioritizing it, but then the rest of your week is spent running the business like you need to do because those are revenue streams. But using the content marketing model, then you can have the a, a regular brand awareness that is coming onto your company or that is raising the brand awareness for your company on a regular basis without you really having to think about it. So that's another good lesson that I got from this interview. But now for the logistics angle and also the content marketing angle is being helpful with your content. Let's play the clip on how to procure 10,000 turkeys for charity. How does one procure 10,000 turkeys? Well, that one, again, this is why the beauty of these fancy, that was a sponsored video by Genio, which is a company that sells turkeys. And so we got them to give us 10,000 turkeys plus money to feed people for free in exchange for a shout out in the video. So a little bit of background for that particular clip. He actually has a, an entire channel developed, dedicated to philanthropy. So he has his main Mr. Beast channel that he started when he was 11 years old. And now that's that's evolved into several other channels, one of them being charity-driven. And so what he does, because he has so much brand awareness and so much awareness just on himself, what he uses that now for, he says he has plenty of money. So he uses the money that he generates from all of his other channels in order to fund his philanthropy efforts and that that's where I think sets him apart from every other creator that's, you know, sort of, uh, it, it, there's a money, there's an end goal in mind. So using the awareness that he has already built up and the audience that he has already built up, he negotiates these brand deals in order to feed people using these uh, pantry models within other small towns so that other pe- other small towns that don't necessarily have enough people in that small town to generate the, I guess, the the need to have a food bank there. People still need food in these small towns, but it's not enough to justify for a charity to open up shop there. So the way he has the the food pantry model set up is that he sets up in a larger city in North Carolina and several other cities within the US so that the small towns can then come to him in order to increase the distribution of his products and and giveaways of food. And it's really, it's, it's, it's a fantastic initiative and using and knowing that he's taking a lot of his money and taking a lot of his energy to circle it back into a charitable effort. The takeaway lesson here, I think for a lot of businesses is that you don't necessarily need the high profile that he already has and he's already built up, but you can lead by helping others, educating others. Doesn't necessarily have to be charitable. That's, I, I feel like, you know, every Every person should have some kind of a charitable aspect to, you know, their yearly lives. Once a year, you know, volunteering at a food bank or something, doing something for somebody else. It feels good, but he's doing this at scale. And I think that that is really one of the more important takeaways is that your content can be so many other things than just driving business results. And by developing content that helps other people, you establish trust and people like you and they want to do business with you as a result of that. So that's the takeaway lesson for for that particular clip. And it also circles back to one of the first points is how you can scale because you have to know your strengths. So let's play that clip. Like, this is where you have to think about strategically. The most optimal, like, you know, in a perfect world, I could be on the front lines, going to the food drive, getting my food. But the most valuable use of my time is to make videos to generate revenue to buy food, right? right. So I'm I'm more doing high-level things like figuring out what's the next viral stunt for the charity so we can do a brand deal and get a couple hundred grand in and stuff like that. I'm not really in the weeds of, like, how are we going to do this food distribution tomorrow or, like, this shipment's late, so blah, blah, this. Right, um, right. But probably somewhere around a dozen right now because we're only at one warehouse. 
and you eventually plan on going worldwide? Yeah, exactly. Just scaling it up and take... It's like by watching those videos, you're essentially feeding people, literally, because yeah. all the revenue goes to it. So it's like, I think like we can get to the point, yeah, we're, we're supporting a dozen of these and just keep going bigger and bigger. Now, I love that example just because of the charitable angle. I sort of just talked about that at ad nauseum in, in just a second ago. But if you want to go back and watch the rest of the interview, because it really is a content marketing masterclass, I have it linked in the show notes, but you can also go to Spotify and just search for uh, Mr. Beast on Joe Rogan and it should be one of the first results that pops up. Because it, it, if you're in marketing whatsoever, if you're just interested in YouTubers, then that is exhibit A of, of really all the good in the world that can happen happen from creating content and then what you can do with that awareness and and with that audience after you've built up, you know, for so long. So why do I share this insight and information with you? And that's because the inspiration for content marketing is everywhere. And you don't just study what people say online, you want to study how they actually get it done. And the best use case that you can do is on yourself. If you're scrolling through your phone and a post makes you stop, if you're if an ad makes you stop, that's called thumb stopping content. You want to then ask yourself and get in the habit of paying attention to what makes you stop and then studying why you think it made you stop. Is the image cool? Is the the intro text is is did that catch your eye? Is it someone's comment to the post that then made you want to go read what they were responding to? All of these different things can help play a role in your strategic content. And I think that by studying other creators, then it really can help you both inside and outside of our industry. It can really give you the ability to pick and choose what will fit best in your current processes and your current structures of how you want to get the word out about your business. Because that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to gain brand awareness for the solutions that we are selling or providing. And by studying some of the top creators, both inside and outside of our industry, that's a great way in order to incorporate some of the tactics that may work for you and your own current processes and, and, and current structures of how you have your marketing set up. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremleve, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.